0: I'm Dana Harris, and this is Indie Wire Influencers. James White is not an easy movie. We follow the titular protagonist on a nervous breakdown of a self-destructive journey that includes drugs, violence, and the impending death of his mother, who has been suffering from cancer. However, under the direction of Josh Mond, and in the hands of actors Christopher Abbott and Cynthia Nixon, James White is more than worth the trip. In the process of understanding each other, they give performances that are no less than a tour de force and steer clear of melodrama because they feel so scarily real. And so we have Josh, Christopher, and Cynthia. Welcome.
1: Thank you.
2: Thanks, Ellen.
0: So tell me, Josh, tell me a little bit about how this project began for you.
3: I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to say uh, years ago. My mother was sick at the time, um, and Antonio uh, had encouraged me to explore something in that vein. Um, and so I started reading a book that I liked, and I, I tried adapting that. I was encouraged to explore that, and uh, through that I got to, to dig into my own personal life. Um, it was kind of a much-needed, I don't know. Catharsis? Exactly. To the courage to get there. So yeah, so, so through that and through my partners, I was encouraged to explore my personal life.
0: Okay, and so when you say um, your partners, are you talking about with uh, people at Borderline? Yes, okay. Antonio
3: Campos and Sean Durkin.
0: Yeah, and actually, but, um, why don't you tell us, I mean, I know a little bit about Borderline, but for those out there who don't, tell us a little bit about that, because I think it's kind of a unique crew that you guys have there.
3: Yeah, we met at NYU Film School, and we all, all three of us wanted to be directors, and... Um, as soon as we started becoming best friends, we became business partners, and we just had the same agenda, which was to meet like-minded people at film school to, to explore together with and to help make movies. And so for 12 years, we've been supporting each other to make films and sharing every dollar to live.
0: And then you guys have done films like Simon Killer and Martha, Marcy, May Marlene, and um, you were a producer on those, and this is your first Yes first directorial. Yeah. So that's a heck of a thing, man. Just going, you know, if you're choosing this kind of cathartic work as a way, you know, as your as your entree into the world. Did it just seem like that it, it, it couldn't have been otherwise in terms of, you know, the first step? To me that just seems terrifying, but maybe that's easier because it felt so personal.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was, I, th- I think it was the only thing that I could do um because I was so consumed in my own head by something I didn't understand. And also it just made sense to explore like learning how to make movies instead of learning how to be a storyteller with something so personal that had a, a lot of importance to drive you and i think that's what making movies for me is about and is to explore something that i don't understand or to to relate with people
0: and christopher you guys worked together on martha marcy May marlene yeah right yeah that
3: was
2: my first film
0: and so How did you, so did it was for uh, Josh? Was it for you? Was it like obvious this is, you know, this is gonna be your, I guess, your doppelganger? I mean, (laughs) the better looking Can't you tell? (laughs) Uh,
3: um, Chris, yeah, we we became close friends right away and, you know, fell right into our family. And it's been about five years. Um, We made an experimental short film as a precursor to James. And through that, I realized that that without question it was him, and it was in the middle of writing, and I had called him up and asked him or told him that I was writing it for him. And uh, how, how did that make you feel, hearing that?
2: Aside from it, even coming from one of my dear friends, it's it's extremely flattering to, to kind of hear, hear that from someone and, and just to know that someone's thinking of you, <laughs> you know, in, in that way. Once I knew that um, and started w- reading different drafts of the script, the feeling quickly went the, the pressure went away and then uh, quickly kind of went to the feeling of responsibility, you know, and having a responsibility not, not just as a friend, but then, uh, I mean, uh, as a friend first, but then as an actor to, um, because it is Josh's story. It's not completely autobiographical, but it is his story to then uh, feel a need to do it justice and do right by him.
0: How do you prepare for that?
2: Well, I mean, that's, th- I mean, be, being, I, I was lucky enough to um, be, Attached to it from from such an early stage that I was able to read different drafts and and, and at least subconsciously have it having it uh, float around in my head for for such a long time.
0: like how long how, how long was the process?
2: from the time that I first started I mean from the time he told me it might have been longer, but at least from the first draft that I read was a year yeah, a year, year and, and a half, half. Yeah. something like that, and then you were doing the play
3: when, when I was like when you were just starting to do that play right. Right, we're kind of
2: solidified it. So, I mean, yeah, about a year, year, year and a half of, of,
3: and I don't want to say
2: preparation, but just, but just, just having it in my head, you know, and just, and just knowing that it it was, it was something that we, we were going to eventually do together was uh, very helpful in, in that way.
0: And Cynthia, when did, what was, how did this come to you? At what point?
1: It came to me through my agent a few months before, before Josh started shooting. And I was very taken with the script. And then Josh and I met, I guess like three three times maybe mm-hmm. just to sort of discuss the script and what moved you about it. I thought uh, you know I didn't know Josh at that point, but I assumed that a, a fair amount of it was autobiographical on on some level, right. you know. And uh, I was sort of astonished by the filmmakers choice of showing so many negative aspects <laughs> of a character I perceive to have something in common with him. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And and also, and it's one thing, because he didn't tip too far. I mean, you could also have the person at the center of your story be a a, a villain. Sure. Well, he's not a villain, obviously. But that, I don't know, I just thought it was such a brutally honest examination of the character's Shortfallings, mm-hmm. you know, and failings. For me, at least, both as an actor in the thing and also as when I see it now as a viewer, or even as a reader when I had the script, it didn't make me disengage from him or judge him. It actually made me invest in him more, because I could see.
0: Did it make you feel like you could trust him in a way? I
1: mean, no, but it, I could see his potential, and I could see how the, all the characters in his in the film from his mother to his best friend to his sort of godfather figure mm-hmm. they loved him so much and obviously they loved him and and they love one of the things they love about him is his potential do you know and i, I just there, there's not often you see a character that that is that kind of drawn with that kind of brutal honesty and that kind of took me aback well
0: you know it's, it's funny yesterday i was doing a podcast with um jason siegel who was doing david foster wallace and end of the tour and he was saying one of the things he liked about doing it was trying to portray this character very this person very honestly and seeing how much truth could he tell on the screen Mm -hmm. meaning like how like how naked can you allow yourself to be Mm -hmm. which kind of sounds like what you're talking about here because in a way it's like this person is a stand-in for you josh how courageous can you be how courageous did you have to be to do this you know, in terms of trying to, you know, trying to show this.
3: Masochistic.
0: <laughs> you said it, I didn't.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, I, but again, it's like, you know, maybe my parents have more of an inspiration, have been more of an inspiration to me than I can say, but like my my dad wrote plays when I was younger and they were all about, you know, other characters, but they were all about his relationship with his father and his mother. My mother wrote, Um, short stories and and books that were all about her experience but were masked with other names. Sure. And I don't know. I kind of... My parents always shared their work with us
0: no matter how... So this is the family business.
3: (laughs) Well, no, but I think if you... But, like, I look at writers. I look at musicians. Like, when I was writing, like, all the writers and musicians that that I listened to and I read were all people that were exploring stuff about themselves. From Bukowski to, like, obviously Fitzgerald to Hemingway to to the Strokes, to Cuddy, to, you know, the Stones, to mm-hmm. like, you know, the earlier stuff. But it's, but that's what it is, is that's what art is. Like we make art to connect with people, you know what I mean? And to, and to understand stuff that we don't feel comfortable talking about.
1: Right. But I think a lot of people, like even I look at, you know, classical, you know, George Eliot, sometimes sure. like the Mill and the Floss, I think, well, that's just a wish fulfillment, where you're the the persecuted person that everybody is terrible to, but you're the real hero. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like like that would be seem to me, if I was a writer, which what? I am not, what? that would be a much more like, I want to get it right in the in the art and everybody. I would want to stack the stack the stack cards the backs, against yeah. my adversaries and show how really I'm the, the hero. Do you know? And I feel like you've you've sort of done the opposite. You've stacked the cards against yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's what
0: makes Frankly, what makes the movie work though is is that kind of tension between the two. That's that's, that's a tough thing to pull off because, as you say, it's like when you have kind of stacked the deck against you, it's like, man, something's got to be good to keep me here. So otherwise, it becomes, you know,
1: right. Why do I care about this guy? But I think we do care about oh, yeah. James so much. Christopher, so like for you, it's a really
0: raw performance and it feels kind of like a you know you know it feels like a raw nerve actually. I mean, it's like you know how what was that like for you? performing that it's like how do you get you know how do you even get to that place or much less maintain it for the you know for the length of a shoot
2: i mean it's it's not going i mean going into it it's not i mean obviously it wasn't so thought out or pro- processed you know um you know I, going back to what I, kind of what i said before about doing it justice and doing the story justice is is um it's which in turn means being as honest as possible in, in every single moment that that i can whether that's even technically you know just relying on on other actors you know and just listening to them and 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 just knowing and just knowing the character through and through so that whatever you do whether, you're, whether we were doing doing the script improvising a, a, a little something you, you I I was doing my work enough so I can do it all through through the character and and so that nothing ever so anything you pull out of your bag of tricks let's say is all, right. is all based in reality and based in truth and it's not you know yeah, uh, and it's it's it was worked on already, and the homework was done. And again, I was also having all the time that I had with the script before. I was able to do all the kind of homework for as long as as long as I did. And uh, so, and I think and I think me and Josh just kind of had had to have we had and have a rapport with each other. Um, I trusted him. He trusted me to, to 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 do to you know and and to do and to do what I do. And and the, and and that in itself is, is what well, it was a blessing because I mean so often you. you yeah you you can feel like easily feel like you're just a puppet or or you know or just feel like you're being told sure. what to do and 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 i I often feel like i was i've been telling myself in my head i'm i i have i'm like well why why hypothetically it's like well why why did you hire me <laughs> there, there there's you
0: know I me mean, on other sets you feel you've felt like yeah, that? And yeah
2: sometimes you know and like well why did you hire me like there there's a reason why maybe, maybe isn't there a reason why you cast me or or not or you know or or so and so I I I didn't have that feeling with Josh and I and I felt free and I felt I, I and, and and that's a that's a gift in itself because I mean Josh also trusted me to 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 bring to bring everything that I brought to it and I trusted him to tell me to kind of have the reins and and and, and guide it.
0: Well, Cynthia what was it like for you coming into this? I mean it's like so you've got, got this you know these two who really know each other well as you know as friends in addition to mm-hmm. being in you know the actor-director relationship. What was it like for you kind of coming into that into that circle?
1: Well and it's not just these two guys, right? It's also Josh's producing team. Exactly partners. the whole, border, yeah, right. the whole, yeah, whole borderline right? team. It's like a brotherhood. Totally. <laughs> it was very nice actually. I mean I feel like in a way uh, because maybe I because I was playing Gail who was a version of Josh's mom. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? that I sort of had reflected uh, glory and respect. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't just myself. I was also myself and a stand-in for Josh's mom, who all these guys knew. So I feel like, I mean, I feel like my role on the set was sort of like, you know, Josh's mom's role in their lives. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of respect is given, you know? (laughs) You feel
0: like the set set mom? (laughs) Yeah, exactly,
1: the den mother, but also it's like, but I'm not one of these guys, right? These are like, you know, young young guys who are like, you know, hanging around with each other and they, you know. But also, you know, there are some roles that you get that either, you know, you're playing a historical figure in which case you have to try and get it right because other people know what that person looks like and sounds like and all this stuff. And then there are other roles that, you know, have, like I did the play Rabbit Hole about a woman who loses a child, whose child is killed. Right. I have luckily not lost a child, so I have no idea what that was about. So I had to actually do a lot of research, and I had to read a lot of books, and I had to talk a lot of to people who were very kind enough to talk to me about this horrible thing that had happened to them. But this, the the, the, the elements of this story, weren't none of them were unfamiliar to me. Do you know, I am a mother. I have children, I have sons, Um, my mother died of cancer in the same year that we made this film, you know, Uh, like I know what it's like to have a dying mother and to feel like you can never do enough, do you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. for that person and also being incredibly frustrated about that person is still drives you crazy the way they always did and
0: Only now they're dying. Only
1: now they're dying, but it doesn't sort of matter, ultimately. They're still them, and you're still you. Do you know what I mean? So all the, uh, you know, growing up in New York in a faintly bohemian type of way, you know, having a parent who was tangentially in the arts, brought you up with a love of that, and you sort of carry their dream for them because maybe they didn't get to where they wanted to get to, but Mm -hmm. you're going to get there. All of these things are in in my immediate firsthand experience. So there was not... You know, there was not a lot of need to not, not a
0: lot in a way and it's not a stretch. It's like it's not, not a stretch a bit, really.
3: Yeah. yeah. But that's and that's what we connected on when we met, like from the first time we met, was that exact thing that you just
0: said. And that's where I was just like I trusted her. <laughs> what was it like for you in terms of you you said that you know you want to explore things that you don't understand? You mm-hmm. know, that's one of the things that motivates you that you know, to make a film. Do you feel like you gained understanding in the process of making this? Like, you know, did it were further layers revealed? Yeah,
3: Um, I think one moment comes up uh, right away, which was we were shooting the Shiva scene where the stepmother was there and the stepdaughter. And I had always kind of gone back and forth of like, is it a manic thing that she invited them over? Or was it a a distraction from her own chaos in her life at giving her something to do? And then when we were there, was talking to you or or something I watching you or seeing you but it it became about she was trying to make an example for she was trying to teach him a lesson like for James yeah that's how I I came to see like the kind of generosity
0: that that represented or
3: kind of but just like forgiveness or like you know doing stuff that's hard like I I felt like it was like while when I was writing it I thought it was a very like it was she was being manic in some part of me. And then when I was there on the day, I think my eyes kind of opened to the fact that she was... That was more of a justification. Like, that was... Do you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Like yeah. Like, Like, I never would have believed that. I would have think it was something darker. And that day, I was able to see... That didn't happen in my real life, but I was able to see, like, that kind of decision came from a selfless place.
0: Came from a good place and not from a... Yeah. Not, not from a melodramatical... Yeah, and so I've
3: had moments... I had moments like that throughout the film where I was, you know, either watching her or just living through it, shooting, seeing the lessons that, that Gail was teaching James in the scenes that James where I used to side where I was like, oh no, it's I see where he's coming from. You know, and then that last the last thirty minutes of the film, I every time I've been seeing it over the last couple of months, I have a different relationship to it.
0: How so? Well, <clears throat>
3: when I was editing the scene, I would, I would watch it over and over and over again, and so I would try and switch my focus. I'd watch Cynthia, I'd watch Chris, I'd try to watch both of them, you know, and when now when I watch it, I don't, I'm not conscious of where my eyes are going, it's just going. And it's kind of, like, as corny as it sounds, It's a continued relationship with my mother, and it makes me have a marker on where I am in my life at the current moment, so it's ever-changing. That?
0: Uh, yeah that's really interesting though I mean it's like in terms of like it sounds like a you know it's like a living document
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a it's kind of it's a conversation that my mind is opening up to more and more as I as I have more experience
0: Cynthia the role I mean the role of Gail is you know it's an extraordinary one and as you say you know came to you through your agent how rare is it to get to see a role like this? I mean, it's like, it's a really popular conversation for us at IndieWires in terms of like the role, how difficult is to find great women's roles? Did it just really just stick out on that basis alone?
1: I mean, the whole thing appealed to me. Certainly the role appealed to me, but the whole thing appealed to me. The film itself um, appealed to me. And I think how interesting and varied Gail is. She's not just like, a really interesting character in an otherwise sure. bland project. Because, but yeah, what's the point of that, right? I well, mean, I mean, look, yeah. there's a point in that. I'm not <laughs> saying I wouldn't take that. I would, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think that that G- Gail is as individual as she is because everything about the film is as individual as it is. And so, you know, I, I mean, I have to say in my own experience and maybe if you to ask me this question a year from now, I would say something different. But I feel like the older I get, certainly the roles are fewer, but they are... If anything more interesting, there are maybe less of them, but I feel like we're at a unique—I don't know if unique—we're we're we're an exciting time um, in our storytelling. That you know, a person my age, like I'm going to be 50 next year, a person my age who is often cast at this point as a mother, as I am in real life. You know, the mothers from from. 20 years ago in the movies, they were just kind of like nice ladies. Yes. Do you know? They all look
0: like Betty Crocker.
1: Yeah. And they were just there to be supportive and understanding and, you know. And the, the truth is that all of us, mothers included, are a lot more complicated than that and a lot more self-serving than that. As human beings, we are self-serving. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Try that we might not to be. And so it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's nice that, I don't know, I don't know exactly why it is, you know, but maybe it's as we, I don't know, I, I think it's partly to do with the fact of, it's certainly to do with the fact of how women are stronger in films nowadays, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera. But I think it's also, frankly, that people are living so much longer. People used to think like you hit forty and your life was kind of the same from forty to the grave, and now it's like it's like every decade is really different, and we're starting to explore. You know, what is your what are your forties like as opposed to your fifties? What are your fifties like as opposed to your sixties? And as the population is aging, like there's more attention to that. It's not all about what is it like to be fifteen. It's we still have a lot of movies about what is it like to be fifteen, <laughs> but we're also starting to have movies about what is it like to be seventy. You know, sure,
0: and the idea like the you, you know. Um, 50s the new 30 or whatever that yeah. know, that kind of perspective. Yeah,
1: because people also I don't know if people evolve now more than they used to, they keep evolving. Maybe they always did and we just never talked about it, but I still think, you know, people grow up later. Mm-hmm. And that certainly has its negative aspects, but it also has its positive aspects. And we're we're taught that it's not like, you know, you're 25, you're married with three kids, that's it for your personal growth. Like people keep people keep changing.
0: How, um, Josh, how old were you when you were going through this? When you were actually going through the... Uh, my
3: mother passed away when I was 27. I'm 32 now. She got sick when I was 22.
0: I mean, you're at the press junket stage of the, right. you know, of the journey. Right. Do you feel like this is something where it's like, you're going to, you feel like you've got gained some understanding or, and, or is it something you think is just going to keep going?
3: Uh, um, my best friend who I've grown up with, is just a constantly has been telling me for a while it's just like okay now it's time to let go <laughs> it's time to let it go and this was like two years ago and and he's still saying it and i and i for the first time really believe it and um but also but you you were saying before about this changing of every decade like i've definitely changed as a human being like in my 30s like from my 20s yeah. like like in all my friends as well, like, but I've definitely had like my mind works differently now. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping that it's not addicted uh, to to self discovery and continues to be like narcissistic, you know, right? But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know how to forget the question. <laughs> 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 you
1: know, I f- go ahead. I, don't know, I was gonna
2: say, because I was saying this before, I feel less and less mature. As the years go on, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, less less mature. Well, just like I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. six years ago, I was like, I felt really kind of wise and smart for my age, and like now, now I just feel stupid or (laughs) stupid, you know. (laughs) Like, well, but I think it's, I think that's part of it's part of the process. How old are you? Uh, Now twenty nine. But do you think it's just a question? Do you think it's
0: just a question of just kind of learning how much you don't
2: know? No, yeah, and being kind of uh, not crippled by that, but Mm. just being kind of overwhelmed by it.
0: Does that does that you know as someone you know you're twenty years older? Does that does that resonate for you as well? Like like you, or do you feel like you you're like okay I'm starting to get a handle on this, or is it like I'm only you're only learning what you don't know.
1: No, I do feel like I'm starting to get a handle on it. Yeah, I do, and I, and I I feel like, but it's so it's so you know it's so chicken and the egg. It's so hard to know what's what because I feel in a way maybe sort of like what Chris is saying that when I was younger it was very important to me to feel like I had it together. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was very important to me, for me to feel that, and it was very important for me to present that to the world, you know? And I feel less uh, worried about that nowadays. So, uh, so ironically, of course, as I, I, I do think I am getting a handle on it, but also it's like the areas in which I don't have a handle on, I, it's not such an emergency. It's not such a, a disaster or a terrible shame that has to be you know (laughs) wallpapered over immediately before anyone sees it's like you can't be good at everything some things you're not so good at it's all right you could do a
0: lot worse you could do a lot worse yeah well this has been a great conversation thank you guys so much
2: Thank thank you